We want to focus today on the two reactions to Jesus that we hear in this rather extraordinary uh, uh, story, beginning just beginning Jesus' ministry. He's, he is, he set up his home base at Peter's house in Capernaum, and so there he is starting out. People don't know who he is yet. Uh, just They're astonished at his teaching because other teachers would, would always rely on previous interpretations of the law of Moses that we heard in the first reading, for example. Uh, I believe his name was Momenides from later, and there are others that would come after him, and teachers will, would always pull from sources, like, like, all, like all teachers today. You're, you're working with different, uh, different people's interpretations. Jesus doesn't do this. He says, I say to you. He uses his own authority, and they, it just blows them away. So they're very impressed with this because teachers didn't do this, and plus many of them probably knew he's a local guy, didn't have a formal theological training, and yet he has tremendous authority, and what he's saying is very captivating. So he comes in, he's taught in the synagogue, which any lay person, not even not just rabbis, but any bar mitzvah man in those days could, and even now, can speak, and they would take their turn, so he did. And afterward he runs into this demon. Now people today, uh, some don't believe in demons, they think that all these demon stories are either mental illness or cultural. Well if we, if we, you can't believe in angels without demons and if you take both of those out you've taken out a lot of what Jesus teaches. So uh, to not understand the world that we can't see is to be disarmed in the world we can see because we're in the middle of a war zone and God only permits us to be tempted to the level or tested to the level that we're able to handle although at times it looks like he takes you right to the edge you know and so these these forces are around us we don't know how this man came to have these demons but we do know that if we are so to speak going if we're in bed with some kind of sin in other words if we made our life uh, a sinful nature we're as the head exorcist of Rome wrote in one of his three books that uh, Father Amaroth he said we begin to take on the mannerisms and characteristics of the demons that we have entertained all our lives. This is true for any of us, you know. We, we pick friends that are, that are like ourselves or we become like each other in some ways, picking up from each other. So this man, however he came to be this way, has, has invited or many demons are within him. And the, the kind of reaction to Jesus is also something that exorcists will see, this, this convulsion, this... Um, that the fact that they're speaking through him at times, and at times he himself is, they're using his mouth. And so we find uh, that we have these two, these two reactions again to Jesus as he's speaking. When uh, we see on the last judgment, Jesus will come on the clouds of heaven. He, it, he will part the clouds and reveal himself. And this happens to all of us at the moment of death. We're all living under a cloud literally, in Oregon, and when we die, everything is revealed, but then it's too late. We've lost our opportunity to love Jesus without seeing him, and that's where all the grace is. That's where the glory is, and we're here. We understand this, so we should, uh, we have our opportunities lie before us. So when he comes again, there are going to be two reactions. We see this awe reaction from the people in the crowd. And now he's meeting these demons. Now these demons have seen him before. 
They were created before us. They are in the angelic nature. They too had a test. We are now undergoing our test. That's all we get to keep from this world is our relationships and our faith in God. Everything else passes away. Uh, and if we are asked forgiveness for our sins, they will pass away along with us, fortunately. So the demons who had their test, we don't know what it was, although the church fathers have speculated on it, won't go into it today. They, scripture says about a third of them fell from the sky. And because uh, human nature being what it is, uh, we are being tested by them now, but they've already received their, they know where they're going. Let me put it that way. So they know he's the creator of everything. They know that he wants to keep himself a secret for a while. He doesn't want to be known as the son of God. And so they proclaim him. Here are the demons being the first evangelists of Jesus. What's the catch? They're being disobedient. The, the hallmark of evil is disobedience. This is what Jesus is always talking about. To be obedient to the will of God, obedient to the word of God, obedient to well-formed conscience, obedient to the church teaching as we are able to understand it. It's really critical. If Jesus had wanted them to proclaim him, they would have been silent. Because he wants them not to speak, they're going to say it to everybody. But Jesus, with one word, rebukes them. You also notice that they begin by saying, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? And in the parallel reading, I forget which of the three of the other two synoptics it's in, they say, what have you, what have you, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us before the time? And they, they, they know exactly what's going on. They know everything. They want, to, they want to reveal everything and ruin the test for these people. And Jesus doesn't want this. So then they come out and say, I know who you are. So there's, there are many of them, but one spokesman. They're in a hierarchy within him. He's got more than one evil that needs to be pulled out of him. And we find, too, when Je again, when Jesus comes on the clouds of heaven, there are going to be two reactions to him. It's going to be the same Jesus. Now, this insight comes from one of the church fathers who pointed out that, I wish I knew which one it was, but he pointed out that on the last day, it will be the same Christ, but some will recoil in fear, having fought him all their lives, whether they knew it or not. They're going to be afraid of him as a just judge. They will see him as judgment. Others will see him as mercy. Uh, you know, what... We, oh Lord, we're so glad you're here. You know, I'd like him to come tomorrow, frankly. But, but well, maybe any other day, you know, like my mother always said. But these two reactions are present in the world today. So what we see, this is a very pertinent reading because we have a lot of, lot of groups and individuals, I'm not going to uh, plug them by naming them, but, but uh, who uh, are not only they not believe in God, but they are trying to, to kick God out of the public square or any mention of God. Whereas in our pluralistic society, all that the Lord, all, as, Saint, as Pope Benedict, not Saint Benedict, as Pope Benedict said, the church does not command, she invites. That we should be invited to the table as part of the dialogue of our society. And instead, God is being pushed out. Some of these atheistic groups talk more about God than we do. And if I, I was reading something uh, on my retreat last two weeks ago, and I got to a point in this article where the person used, they were talking about God with a small letter G. 
I thought it was a typo at first, and I saw it again. I said, he's an atheist. And he, I just threw it out. I said, I'm not going to read something where God is publicly denigrated, not even using the custom of a capital. You know, we even put a capital on Satan, and we don't follow him. It's a, it's, a, it's a proper name, you know. So we have to watch this sort of thing because what we're taking in, and this goes for the media as well, like I'm thinking of especially movies and, and, and even, even news, we have to have a discerning spirit. We all understand this because what we are taking in, whether it's food, uh, I won't go into that, but, um, or <laughs> that been my coping skill for the last year. I've got to find a new one. Uh, or what we listen to, the company we keep, we end up beginning to inculcate that in our lives. So the, on the last day, Jesus does not want people to run away from him, but if we've spent our whole lives opposing him and his will, that being disobedient to uh, the, the natural law or the, the things that we all ought to understand, that, that murder is evil, gossip, can kill people, this kind of thing, unkindness, selfishness. We may run away from God because he's going to reveal who we really are at that moment inside. And those on the other side also realize that they're sinners, but they know God is, is mercy, and they come running to him. We've been waiting for you for so long. And so we have that, these, again, these two reactions. And then Jesus just, uh, he teaches with authority, and we can inculcate that instead of the evil one. The choice is up to us, and we as Christians have this opportunity to witness to him in truth and in fact, and to uh, wait joyfully for his coming again in glory.